Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. First of all, I'm just so happy to see you all here in the house of the Lord. I can tell you, pretty soon we got to get some gloves out and a hat. But we got a little bit of heat so far, so it's good. And, and just to be in the house of the Lord today is just amazing. His presence is real here. And I know I'm excited that you would just take your time to be here, but I know that, that God is even more excited that you would do that. And, uh, and as you saw that beautiful video, we've been part of this for the, since the inception of our church. And um, every year, man, it's grown. We went, I think, to like 100 boxes, to two, to three, to four. I think the last one was like 600 boxes. So feel free to take a box. If you don't, if we run out of boxes, you can always bring your own box. And, um, and these are sent all over the world uh, to, to other countries. The packing party for that day is November 7th. Uh, and then shortly after that, we'll, de- we'll, we'll deliver them to a, to a, a hub, and then they'll go. And uh, we've gotten responses from, from, from the children who have received these. But before I, I get into the word, I'm going to invite a dear friend of mine, Pastor Don Emmel. He is our... Uh, he is our district superintendent of Pennsylvania and Delaware, so we're so happy to have you, Pastor. Good morning. It is awesome to be with you this morning. And you know, Pastor Mark, we, we just we've been hearing the good things that the Lord is doing through City Reach in Philadelphia here. I think that if I, if I had to go see a cardiologist today, he'd tell me I have a swollen heart <laughs> because my heart is just swollen with gratitude for the great things that it, that are happening here. And you have an awesome pastor. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not only the enthusiasm, and, and, and your worship team just knocks it out of the park. Thank you. I, I, I would do the dancing thing, too, but I'm afraid I would hurt something. Uh, maybe even the concrete floor. That's right. But uh, uh, just a wonderful time of uh, uh, worship this morning. And, and your pastor's been sharing with me throughout the day uh, the vision that he has and what he sees. And I just want to share with you, Pastor Mark, this word. I think the Holy Spirit gave this to me for you. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. Amen? So thank you for the honor of being here today. God bless you. Keep living for Jesus. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And see what God will do in and through your life. God bless you. See you. 
Praise God. And if uh, you've been with us for the last um, three, four weeks, you know, we've, we've, we've actually seen some powerful things happen in our church and, and really believe in um, that that's what God wants. And, and in the end, we want what God wants. We want what God wants. And however that looks, and, and, uh, and we, we serve a God of order, but he's a God of power. And uh, we're going to serve him. And if he tells us to, to move out in a violent manner, we will do that. Amen. I'm ready to be a little radical for Jesus. We'll do whatever it takes uh, to see his kingdom being expanded. And uh, uh, a quick shout out to just our dream team, all the people who serve here every Sunday after Sunday. We love you. And if you didn't know, our children are in the back, and and you'll hear them to be worshiping here in a minute. But if you have children... Uh, six months to to, um, to two years old, they, they'll actually be in the nursery behind you, uh, and then um, three years to 11 will be in the back. Or is it 12? I forget. 11, 11. As that gets bigger, the age goes down a little bit. Praise God. We are so honored to have you, Pastor Don, and it, it just really excited about the relationship that we have with our district and what God is doing in our district. Um, some of our men, we have seven, I think 17 men were at the district uh, men's conference, and how many had a good time there? That conference was amazing, and, and we try and do that every single year, and just to let the, the men in the house know that we will be um, setting up a, a local retreat soon, so we can just get away and, and let our wives take care of the houses just for a little bit, right? Amen. <laughs> You know, I was really surprised, man. Some some guys were panicking. He's only going for a night, you know? <laughs> Talk to my wife. I would go for a year. Um, but but it's, it's good to see that. And the most, one of the most beautiful things I, I saw was when we pulled up to, to uh, Damon's house, and his little kid, they just ran out. Like, they just like, daddy, daddy. And I missed that so much. It was so, because mine are grown, and they just say, oh, what's up, dad? <laughs> but seeing those children come out, I told them, man, that's like one of the most beautiful things I've seen. Those little kids come out just loving on their father. Uh, but we want to just get right into the word today in the book of Luke, chapter 4. And bear with me today, because this is a powerful word, and, and um, I don't even feel worthy to preach it. Um, but Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. And the word of God says this, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. I'm going to read that again. He was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Verse 20, he says, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. And it goes on to say, then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled. 
this very day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, because there's power in your word. We thank you, thankful, God, that your word will feed our spirit, Lord. And as we feed the spirit, we're able to dominate the soul. And as we're dominating the soul, we also dominate the body, Lord. So we, we thank you, Lord, for that spiritual order that you've given us. So we give you honor, praise, and we thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach today. You know, as we look at this chapter four, you know, I have to repent as I was reading it because I'm like, there's so much power in this chapter. And then you go back to chapter three and like, man, how come I'm not reading this more? Because it's like feeding my spirit and I'm trying to prepare for the message, but my spirit is like, can you just feed me some more of the word, right? And I'm starting to read chapter three and, and then chapter four and then chapter five. I'm like, you know what? I have to repent. Say, God, help me that I will honor your word more because it's just feeding my spirit. And sometimes we walk around like dead people because our spirits haven't been fed for so long. Amen? And I'm talking from the pulpit, right? I'm reading like, oh, I wanted to go back and read chapter two and chapter one because I'm like, oh, just hunger for the word. And when we get to a place like that, then transformation begins to happen. And I don't know about you, but I need a little transformation in my life and in my heart and in my mind. And, and I, don't, I don't believe you're here by mistakes. And I believe that in your spirit, your spirit is longing for transformation as well. Maybe you just got here because somebody invited you. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit has a plan for your spirit. I don't want to leave the same today. So as I, as I, as I read this chapter, I'm going to just urge you, go back when you get home and say, I'm going to read, I'm going to see what, why the pastor was so hyped and start reading these chapters. Because my job is to get you to get hungry for this word. Yes. There's power here. There's transformation. There's life change in the word of God. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to read it. Right? That's why it's like he keeps it so far from us. But we learned in our men's conference that it has the answer to all our questions. It will take you out of the dilemma that this world says is impossible to get out of. Praise God. So let's go to the word. Chapter 3. Jesus. He's starting his ministry. We see that he goes to see his cousin, John the Baptist, and he's baptized there. After he's baptized, and we see that John the Baptist, he realized who this, his cousin was, and he says, man, I'm not even worthy. You come to baptize me, he told Jesus? I'm not even worthy to put the straps on your shoes. I'm not even worthy for that. And Jesus says, no, you will baptize me. And he had that privilege to baptize the Son of God. He baptized Jesus. Jesus comes out of the water, and the Father is pleased. And the Father from heaven says, this is my Son who I am well pleased in. And then we see that the Holy Spirit shows up in form of a dove. And we got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit saying, it's time to do what I called you to do, Jesus. It's time to live out the purpose that you were born on earth for. So here's Jesus. He's ready. So what does he do? He goes out to the wilderness. He goes out to the wilderness, and for 40 days, he fasts. For 40 days, he's in communication with the Lord. And then in the, while he's in the wilderness, Satan himself appears and begins to tempt him. Because Satan knows that this man is on a mission. Satan knows that there's a higher power that is, that, than himself that just landed on earth. He goes out there to tempt Jesus, and as he tempts him three times, we see that Jesus responds to him using the very word of God. Amen. He uses the word of God and says, no, 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 you can come with your lies and your tricks, but you can try to twist the word around, because that's what the enemy does. Yeah. He twists God's word. And sometimes we justify some bad stuff that we do because we twist the word of God. Oh, 
And that's what we do. I, I'm saying it for myself. See, because when I was getting close to God, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I was getting close to God. And God said, you need to go repent to that person. I said, why well, I got to go repent? I said, your word says, I use the word. Your word says that if I confess my sin to you, you take it and you put it in the bottom of the ocean. So why do I got to repent to her? Holy Spirit said, you go repent. I said, no, no, no. And I kept going to church, right? Kept praying. Six months later, Holy Spirit said, go repent. Go tell that person, go confess your sin. I said, I'm not doing it. Because your word says that you take it and you put it at the bottom of the ocean. And it's forgotten. So according to your word, I don't have to go repent. Holy Spirit said, okay. Six months later, go repent. Right? I'm like, I'm not doing it. Until one day I was very vulnerable in the Holy Spirit. And he got me out, caught me out guard. He said, go now. And I went. And I, I confessed my sin. Right? I confessed my sin. And it was, a, it was a tough thing, but it came out. And I found freedom that day. I found freedom that day. Now, don't get me wrong. The sin that I confessed and the freedom I found got put on the person. Right? And that person had to carry that for a while. And it took a while for that person, probably a year or more, for that person to forgive me, right? So it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But I'll tell you that there's no way I could stand up here right now before you, living out my purpose, if I wouldn't have asked for forgiveness. Amen? And that person, just you know, is my wife. To God be the glory. To God, but if you want to move forward and you want to live out your purpose and you want to see God do some amazing things, there's some things we got to confess first to the Father and then be led by the Holy Spirit to say, okay, God, who else needs to know? Who else needs to know? Because if not, you get stuck in a circle. You get stuck like a hamster, never moving forward. Praise God. I don't want to be stuck. I want to be moving forward. Right? Even if I take a couple steps back, I'm not going to get stuck. I'm going to keep going forward. Praise God. Yeah, somebody needs to hear that because that wasn't on my, on my schedule here. But it's, it's the truth of the matter. And we see that Jesus, man, he uses the word of God. And that's chapter 3. Chapter 4, or chapter 4, he, 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 that's where he has the encounter with Satan. Chapter 3, he gets baptized. Chapter 4, he goes out to the wilderness. He's tempted by the enemy. And he, uh, he shuts the devil down. He shuts him down using the word of God. And, then, and that's the way we shut the devil down. We shut the devil down by using the very word of God. That's why it's got to be in us. And that brings us to what we read today. That Jesus returns home to Galilee. But it says in that scripture, if we could just put that scripture back up there. Where it says, but he came back home, but he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. It goes on to say that reports about that began to spread quickly. And, and I'm going to tell you that I, I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I need the Holy Spirit to flow through me. I need him to shine through me. Uh, I am so much more effective when the Holy Spirit is part of my life. In fact, I am totally ineffective when he's not. And I'm telling you this because you need the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm telling you this because the, the world's not going to tell you that. I, I'm telling you because culture's not going to tell you that. I'm, I'm telling you because education is not going to tell you that. That you need the Holy Spirit's power in order to live an effective life. And I'm saying life. I'm not talking Christian life. Or I'm talking life in general. It's the Holy Spirit is the key to your success. 
Hallelujah. And not only do you need it, but your neighbor needs it. The community needs it. The business across the street needs it. Your employer needs it. Your co-worker needs it. The student, your teacher needs it for our young people. Your lawyer needs it. Your doctor needs the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. He goes back to the temple, and I feel I can see him. He had this fire in him. And he's sitting there, but he's not really sitting there because there's something burning in him. And it's his turn to, to read the scripture. And when he got up there, they handed him the scroll of Isaiah chapter 61. And I don't know if he asked for it, if they just handed it to him, or the Holy Spirit had it, had it all set up. But he begins to read that scripture. And let me tell you, Jesus had this authority on him, and I know he had the authority on him because it says that he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, when he spoke, everybody listened. You know, I, I know I got a lot of teachers in the, in the, in the house, and you go, one, two, three, I, all eyes on me. Is that what you're saying? Teachers? I was a teacher, too. But let me tell you, Jesus didn't have to say that. Every eye in that temple was on him. And he begins to read. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And I believe when he read that there was this fire in him, all eyes were on him. They couldn't keep their eyes off of him. When he sat down, everybody just kept looking at him. It says that for a few moments he sat there. And all of a sudden, with the, all the authority that God has given, he stood up and he said, The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. He said, What I just read, you're looking at it. What I just read, you're seeing it in the flesh. I, I am the one, he's saying there. He says, and, and I can see the people just like looking at him like he had five heads. He said, the, what he was saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's saying. I've been anointed to bring the good news. He said, he sent me to proclaim the captives will be free. He says, he sent me so that the blind can see now. He said, he sent me so that the oppressed would find freedom. He said, he sent me so that God's favor would be here on 6814 Torresdale Avenue, Philadelphia, PA, 19135. That's what he was saying. He said, there's a power and there's a fire in me. But it's not just for me. It's bringing God's favor to my people in Philadelphia, in Tacony, hallelujah, in Oxford Circle, if you live there, in Castor Gardens, if you live there, in Frankfurt, hallelujah, in South Philly, hallelujah, in Frankfurt. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. It's so that we would see the captives be set free. You know what it is when I park across the street and I see addicts lined up over there, right there in the corner, just waiting for their next fix? Yes, yes. Desperately. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Desperately, I'm like, God, what are we doing? What are we doing for that? God, help us that we can help them. That we would just not push them away, but that we would say, man, I know. Man, the God in me, he called me so you can be set free in the name of Jesus. Church, that's what we've been called to do. And I know God has taken us there. He's already he's not taken us, he already placed us 
in that position. And I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it. I say, God, we'll do it. We'll do whatever you want us to do. Hallelujah. But I see Jesus here. And, and, and he's full of the Holy Spirit. They're looking at him. And he goes on, they have this little debate with him. You can read the chapter. I'm not going to get into all the details. Read the chapter, chapter 4 of Luke. He gets in this little debate, and they start getting offended. They say, who do you think you are? Aren't you Joseph's son? Like, who does this guy think he is? They had no idea what they were dealing with. They get in this dispute. They want to kill him. They want to start throwing stones at him. But the Bible says that he, walked, he got up with all his authority. He just walked out of that place untouched. It wasn't his time. It wasn't his time to fight that battle. But he walks out of there. He walks out of there. Because he's about to work, live out his purpose, church. He's about to live out his purpose, the calling that God had placed upon him. And, and I, I will tell you today that that purpose hasn't changed. Our, our purpose as a, as, a, as a church that follows Jesus Christ is to do the same. To proclaim the good news. To see the captains released. To see the sick healed. And to see the oppressed set free in the name of Jesus. When it says that the time of God's favor has come, that time is here and it is now, church. It is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not 10 years from now. It is right now. And the power of the Holy Spirit is available for you and for me so that we can make a difference. We can see it transformed to Coney and Philadelphia. And you may say, well, pastor, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And I, I must have spent most of my life asking that question. Even if I couldn't verbalize that question, it was in my heart. Like, like what am I supposed to do next? Yeah. Or what, what was my purpose? And, and, and that was my struggle. And I believe it's all of our struggles in different times in our lives. And I know that there's many people in this room right now who struggle with that question. Why am I here? What is my purpose? Why? What is my purpose? And I know we talk about that a lot in this place. There's a purpose for you. I, I say it here all the time. God has something greater for you. We're going to get a little deeper into that. I'll tell you this. When you give your heart to Jesus, when you really, truly give your heart to Jesus, and at the end of this service, you have an opportunity to do that. But when you do it, the spirit within you comes to life. And you experience change. When you experience that change, because Jesus, all right, just revived your spirit, your priorities begin to change. Your perspectives begin to change. And your purpose, your true purpose, comes to life. Let me just go there. When I was in college, you know, high school, and, and not too many people in my family went to college, but I got, I got to college, and I'm like, well, what, you know, I don't know what to go to school for. My basketball coach said, go, go to college. What's your major? I don't know. I didn't know anything. So I looked at the, the magazine and said, they need x-ray techs. I said, I'll be an x-ray tech. Like, I don't know. I'll be an x-ray tech. So I started going to school, taking some medical classes. And I remember I took a class, oh my goodness, like the hardest class of my life. I, it's, um, every medical student takes it. Um, you would know. You know what I'm talking about? Because she's in medical school. Anyway. anyway, I took this class, and this is where they weed people out, right? So I went to take this class, and this room is it's, it's deep, and it's, it was so hard. <laughs> and I took the class, and I, I barely passed. I got a C, and I said, I am not doing this. So I dropped out of the medical class quick. And I was looking and searching, and, and they, I must have had five or six majors in my life, because I was searching. I didn't know what my purpose was. 
You know, even after I got married with my wife, my wife will tell you I had like 10 different jobs. I always had the, the reserves, you know, that did some active duty time army. That was my constant. But outside of that, I was working. I was a, a substitute teacher. I was a computer teacher. I, worked, I had all these jobs because I was searching for my purpose, right? How, how many know what that feels like if you were honest? Like, I know I'm not supposed to be at this job. You know, I, I know it's not here. Sometimes you get to your supposed dream job and you're there for about a year. You're like, hmm, no, this isn't what I really thought it was going to be. It's because God put a purpose in your life already. And you have to discover that thing. And I'm going to tell you that you discover it when you discover Jesus. The closer you get to Jesus, the more your purpose gets clearer. Right? There, he brings clarity to your purpose. And, and that's why we keep going in circles sometimes, from job to 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 job, or from school to school, because we don't take the time to get close to the one who holds your purpose. Right? And most people will die and go to the cemetery, and he's still holding their purpose, right? They never found it. They never found it. And I'm going to be very honest, especially in our context. Because the kid on the corner is making more money, we think that's our purpose. Oh, well, maybe that's our purpose. He's got money. I don't have to go through all this junk and go to school or whatever, but those are lies from the enemy that keep us stuck. So I'm going to talk a little bit about your purpose right now. One thing about your purpose, I guarantee you this. Your purpose is bigger than you. The purpose that God created you for is bigger than you. We got to begin to, and see, this is all a mindset here, guys. It's a mindset. It's as we begin to change this, right? Well, we, we give this to Jesus, he begins to transform this, and all of a sudden it starts to change the way we think. And the way this changes is in the word of God. The Bible says in Proverbs, as a man thinketh, so is he. Tell me how you think that's who you are. It's, it's in the Bible. So, so we said, your purpose is bigger than you. You discover that true purpose as you discover Jesus. And as you discover him, he begins to reveal your purpose to you. I believe in this house we have business men and business women. Right? I, I just, I just, I don't even believe it. I know. And I do not want to see you go to the grave, right, with an opportunity that God already placed inside of you. I believe in this place there's people who, are, who God has put in ideas and inventions in their hearts already. But we're so caught up and so messed up that we haven't even taken the time to say, God, what do you want, right? Because we listen to all those voices. Go here, do this, oh, this is great. God, and we, we, we don't stop. Say, God, what do you want, right? So I believe there's business. I believe there's ideas. Hallelujah. I believe that there, there's even some people who can make a difference in our political structure, right? I don't know why, but we don't believe that the mayor could be a God-fearing man or woman, right? I, I, I believe that the next couple mayors could, could be God-fearing to make a... Why not? Why not? Right? We've been told to stay away from it, but I believe that there's a lot... I believe that there's authors in this house how many know that there's some people who are going to write some books in here? I'm going to ask you to be bold. 
I'm asking, if God told you to write a book, because I know you're in there, we stand up right now. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. I see it already. I see it already. How many know we're going to open a ministry school? I don't know what that looks like, but I believe it, right? I believe it. You know, I had a rich man tell me once, I went to go get money from a rich man. He didn't give me no money. I think my plan was just too complex for him. But he told me something. He said this. He said, Mark, he said, I'm not giving you money, but I'm going to tell you something. He said, if you can see it, God can do it. Man, that stayed in me. I said, man, there's some things I see. When I look down the corner, I see businesses. I see, I see, oh man, I see business. I see on this street. I believe that God is going to give us this street. Hallelujah. And it ain't for me, it ain't for you, it's for his kingdom, but you get to be a part of it. I get to be a part of God, of what God has already ordained over this part of the city. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Man, I'm excited. You'll never know your purpose until you know the one who created your purpose. I'm going to go a little bit deeper since you're in church today, so nobody get offended. So there's people who come to, because I was the same way, who come to church say, man, I like this church, or they say, I don't like this church, I'm not going to that church. Say, ah, I like this church. How many have said that? I've said it a million times. See, I might come back. I might never come back. I don't know. Some people say the worship, man, it was amazing. But the preacher, man, he brought me the wrong way. Well, they may not say that to me, but they might. Who knows? But it's, it's real. This is real. I'm going to say this to you. Although there is no perfect church, there is a perfect church for you. And some of you know that this is your church, right? There's going to be, you, I tell people, you're going to learn some good things here. You're going to learn some bad things and some ugly things because we're human, right? And, and every church I've been to, I learned some great things and some painful things, but it, it's part of the process. It's part of the process. But I believe that God has already ordained a church for you to be at. I, I just believe that. Because some of the churches I went, my wife knows. In our, you know, in our, in our journey, we were at a, a church, and then we went. It felt like we went way uh, 50 years backwards. And my wife said, "What are we doing here?" And I said, "I'm not sure. I just feel God having us there." And it was truly God who had us there for like three years or two years. I forget what it was. But it's this journey that God has, and and, and I had to be in those different churches under those different kinds of leadership or pastors because I'm a better pastor because of that. It's helped me become a better pastor. Right? And I've learned some great things, and some of those guys are a lot better than me, right? But I had to be in that church. And I believe for you, there's a church that you're supposed to be in, right? And if you're not in that place, you're going to keep searching. You are not going to discover your purpose because this is part of your journey. You need to find a church. We say here, join a church. If it's not this church, then go find a church and say, I'm going to be planted here. I'm going to discover my purpose. I'm going to live life with these people. I'm going to go through the good times. I'm going to go through the bad times. I'm going to go through the glorious times. I'm going to go through the times when there's a desert, when there's nothing to drink, when there's nothing to eat, because that's what I need right now, because he knows better than I know. But sometimes we say, oh, I, 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 oh man, that church is a mess. Maybe God's got you there to fix it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
and, and I can preach it because I've lived it. I was the one sitting there, man, what's the pastor doing? I do better than him, so I got up and I said, man, look for my repent. And that guy said, see now? Ah, now you see. Right? He don't let you see when you're sitting there. You're not supposed to see. You think you know, but you don't know. I, I, I lived it. My wife and I know. We lived it. Seth, like, what's wrong with the pastor? What's he doing? Then we get him. We're like, oh, I know what he was doing. Okay. <laughs> but you need a place where you're going to grow, a place where you're going to flourish, a place where you're going to discover him first. And that's where your purpose becomes alive. But if you pick a church, instead of letting God pick your church, you won't discover the fullness of your purpose. And believe me, I can say that I've been in church my whole life, so I know, I know a little bit about this. It's not really what you want. People say, well, I want that church, I want that. No, no. It's not about what you want. What does God want for you? I want, I've learned, and I, I sometimes forget, but I want what God wants. And then we started the church, like, God, what do you want? What does God want? That was my first sermon series. Didn't even know how to preach. Not sure if I learned yet, but I, I speak with, at least with some passion. Right? But, but I said, God, what do you want? What do you want? What that was my prayer? God, what do you want? What does it look like? God, what, what's it supposed to look like? That was the prayer. And all of a sudden, after, after about two and a half years, God said, you need to change that prayer. I said, what, is, what should I pray? He said, now you pray whatever you want. And that's where we're at now. God, whatever you want, we'll do it. Whatever you want us, wherever you want us to go, we'll go. Whatever door you want us to knock on, we will knock on that door. Whatever door you want us to destroy and move out of the way, we will do it even if we go to jail. Some of y'all been in jail. See, like, I can't remember that. Praise God. But, but we, need to get a, we need to get to a place in our walk where, where God is first. Where God is first. Because see, if your walk with God is about you, you'll miss it. You'll miss out. You'll be miserable. You'll be empty. You'll grow a very sour face. You'll be disgruntled. And you'll never find satisfaction. Most of all, you'll limit God in your life. And I limited God so long in my life, I'm tired of limiting God. I'm to a point where I'm like, I don't want to limit you, God. Let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. Let's dream a little. Let's, let's be led by the Holy Spirit. Let's take some steps of faith. Let's take a risk for God. Right? Let's take a risk. I don't know if somebody, somebody's feeling that in their heart. I'm feeling that right now. Like, I want to take a risk for Jesus. He risked it all for me. It's time that I would take a risk for him. I'm going to say this, don't limit a limitless God with your limited ways. I quoted that. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Don't limit a limitless God with your limitations, right? And, and, and a lot of times that's the way we live our lives. We live our lives based on our limitations. When we serve a God who has no limits... We learned today that Jesus came to bring the good news, to release the captives, so that the blind would see, the oppressed would be set free, and that we would know that the time of God's favor is now. 
John 14, 12. This is the last scripture I want to read, and it goes like this. It says, I tell you the truth. I don't know if we have it back there. John 14, 12, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone, that means you and me, who believes in me will do the same works I have done. This is Jesus talking. And even greater works. This is Jesus saying. If you will believe in me, he says, you do what I did. And he did a lot. But he says even greater. And in my heart, that's what I've been praying for. The greater, the greater, the greater that God has for me and the greater that God has for you. And as I look at our young people and how they're growing and flourishing, they're going to do greater things than I've ever done. Right? How many believe that? And that's why we have to do what God calls us to do. That's why we have to discover our purpose. That's why we have to live out our purpose. It's not so much about you. It's about them. Right? You do your part, he'll take care of them. Right? But we got to discover our purpose. we got to be obedient. we got to put him first in our lives. Because God has greater for you. God has greater for you. God has greater for you. I'm going to say it again. God has greater for you. Jesus died on the cross to fulfill that promise in your life. And I don't know if you want that greater, but I want that greater. I want that greater for my kids, and I want that greater for my grandkids, and I want that greater for this community, and I want that greater for the, the addict I just saw this morning, and I want it for the prostitute that I just saw this morning. I want, I want the greater, and if I want it, God wants it. And if he wants it, then let's do our part to see that thing come to life. Church, can we just stand today? Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Glory to Jesus. Church, I'm going to tell you, stop living in fear. Stop living in fear. He is for you. He is not against you. He wants you, regardless of your story, regardless of your background, regardless of your pain. He loves you. He has not given up on you. He has not given up on you. You know, one day we're all going to bow before him anyway. Why not do it now? Why not just do it now? Can we just close our eyes just for a minute? Just for a minute. If you just meditate on him, I'm going to read a scripture. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead that you have access to. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you, Holy Spirit, because I know, God, that you've invaded some hearts in this place. God, that you would continue to invade our minds and our hearts so that we would, Lord, understand, God, that this life you've given us is really, truly about you. It's about you, God, that we would begin to acknowledge that, God, that we would follow what you want, God, that we would live out what you want, Lord. There we find out our 
fulfillment, Lord. We, feel, we find, Lord, our, our purpose, God. God, that you would, Lord, awaken our spirits in this place today. I thank you for that. I thank you, Holy Spirit. With every eye closed today, I, I'm going to make a, an invitation right now. I know God has spoken to many of you in this place. But if you want to receive Jesus in your heart today, or if you've been far from him for, for too long and you know it, I'm going to count to three and you're just going to raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes, 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 yes. Hands all over the room. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Church, can we raise our hands with them? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're asked to repeat after me. Jesus. I do not want to continue the same way. Business as usual. I want change. I need change. I need you in my life, in my heart, in my mind. Forgive me for all those things I've done to hurt others, to hurt you, and to hurt myself. Receive me in your family. Now, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.